This series, Manage Your Practice Like a Professional, is sponsored by GPN Technologies, the company that created EdgePro, the eye care industry's leading business analysis software. EdgePro provides you with easy-to-use reports on your practice performance so you can make smarter, more profitable decisions and truly manage your practice like a professional. To learn more about EdgePro, visit www.edgeprosoftware.com. Welcome to Manage Your Practice Like a Professional. We are here in San Diego with Dr. Michael Kling, the CEO and founder of InVision Optometry, and also the founder of Impact Leadership. And uh, Dr. Kling spends his time both in practice and advising other practices on how they can apply basic business principles to the management of an independent optometric practice. Welcome, uh, Dr. Kling. Welcome, Mick. Thank you, Roger. Appreciate you having me. Great. Well, one of the things we're going to talk about today in this first part of this podcast series is how to build a solid financial foundation. And that involves a couple of terms that probably are foreign to some optometrists that didn't get it in school, and that's approaching your practice as if you are the OD CEO or practice CEO and working on your practice, not just being a cog in the wheel and working in your practice. Can you tell me how that is perhaps something different for optometrists to wrestle with, and and how in your own career did you come to make that transition to being a practice CEO? Yeah, you know, the concept of being CEO for me really includes three things, and that is recognizing that you're the leader in your practice and understanding the importance and value of your leadership effectiveness. The second is the responsibility of creating the type of culture in your practice that you need, setting the standard for what's expected for your staff. That translates into how your your patients are, are going to perceive the experience. And then the last piece is money. And that's the how do you effectively manage the finances of your practice. And so when I think of the CEO of your practice, I think of those three encompassing things. When I think specifically of the finances, I think more in terms of how do we become the CFO of our practices. And there's very little conversation about how do we become an effective CFO. And so my goal in in a lot of the education that I put together is helping doctors understand what it means to be the CFO of their practices. Yeah, these are interesting corporate terms, and it kind of brings to mind a big corporation, doesn't it? But does this apply to a small, independent practice? And tell me about your own progression, where I know you consolidated a number of practices. You're pretty sizable now with how many doctors. Give me some sense of when you came to the realization that you had to act more like an executive and really spend some time crunching the numbers, planning, seeing where you were going in your own career. Yeah, they are big corporate terms, and and I think it's important that we don't get distracted by the terms that we use because it does sound daunting to become a CFO of an organization. But the reality is, all that means to me is that there's some very basic fundamentals about the finances of our businesses that we need to understand. And the term CFO just simply means our ability to understand what it means to financially manage our practices. Where I am now today is the culmination of five practices I acquired my first practice in the late 90s, and very small practice, and from there have just parlayed into where we are today. So now I have acquired five practices over the years, and we've consolidated those five practices into a single location. And so what we've gone from a small optometric practice to a fairly large one, in fact, one of the largest in San Diego. And so it's forced me to learn how to run the finances of my practice. 
Like many ODs, I had very little, if any, financial training. I don't have a finance degree. I'm not an accountant. But when you manage an organization of this size, you are forced to start to understand how the money flows in your practice. Because if you don't, you can find yourself in trouble fairly quickly. That's one route, of course, to be the chief financial officer. Is there another route where perhaps you have to acquire expertise? What do you say to the doctor that says, hey, and I, I'm a doctor, I really don't have a head for numbers and so forth. What's your response to somebody that doesn't necessarily have that wherewithal? Yeah, and, and Roger, it's not lost on me that most ODs do not enjoy this part of the practice. Most ODs don't go to school to be accountants of their practices. If they had, they would have instead gotten accounting and finance degrees. So we are, by nature, scientists and clinicians, and so the idea of managing numbers and spreadsheets is not very appealing to us. And because of that, I think a lot of doctors just avoid the topic altogether. But I think it's very important that practice owners understand that there is some basic knowledge that you have to have if you want to ultimately be as successful as you can be. So you don't have to end up being an absolute financial expert or a whiz, but some very basic fundamentals about the finances of your practice are important. And then the things that you don't feel comfortable with, that's where you hire the experts, the CPAs, the tax attorneys, that sort of thing, to really let them be the expert. By no means do I suggest that you should become an absolute accounting expert in your practice. That's sort of missing the point. The point is just having that broad overview of understanding of what happens with your finances. You're listening to Manage Your Practice Like a Professional, sponsored by GPN Technologies, the creator of EdgePro. EdgePro works with your practice management software automatically to collect and organize more than 30 key performance indicators. With EdgePro, measuring and tracking your practice data is fast and easy. Compare your KPIs year-to-year, by doctor, by team member, or by vision plan with just a few mouse clicks. EdgePro is a critical business tool that helps you manage your practice like a professional. To learn more, visit www.edgeprosoftware.com. So you can access outside expertise. You just can't farm it all out. You really have to have an overall sense of that or what happens. Well, if you don't farm it out, and the biggest reason businesses fail is they run out of money. They run out of capital. So if you're not planning appropriately, if you're not doing the work yourself and you're not outsourcing it, then really statistics are pretty clear that you're probably heading down a very difficult pathway and and potentially threatening your business altogether. What would you say are the biggest stumbling blocks for optometrists to to make that transition to practice CEO? Is it a mindset problem? Is it a practical problem that they're uh, so focused on building up the top line and adding exams per day that they don't take the time to work on their practice? I think the biggest challenge for practice owners that prevents them from taking things to the next level is their inability to let go of some things. When we start with a small practice and we're used to doing everything ourselves, it becomes very easy to enjoy the control that you maintain. The reality is if you really want to take things to the next level, you've got to let go of some things. In fact, I remember years ago deciding, after giving it some thought, deciding that I'm going to let go of every single thing I can possibly let go of. And I made a list of everything that I currently did in the practice, and I put a check by everything that I absolutely had to do in the practice. And as it turns out, there were two things that I absolutely had to do in the practice. 
Number one was look inside the patient's eyes. And number two was sign the chart. Besides those two things, there was nothing else in my practice that I couldn't delegate. And so I started on this path of figuring out what are those things that I can absolutely give up and still be successful and give somebody else the opportunity to do those things. And that would help me be able to focus on the vision of the practice. Do you see practices that reach a kind of plateau and where they can't get to the next level? And does that have to do with the inability to delegate or let go? Or what is the cause of that? I believe it does. You know, if you look at practice sizes, when practices get to between six and 700,000, what happens is the doctor is now incapable of taking it to the next level because to get to that six to $700,000 mark, they've pretty much had to do things themselves. I don't think it's a coincidence that if you look at AOA statistics, that's about the size of the average optometric practice. And I think it's because most ODs are relatively content with a $600,000 practice, maybe making $150,000 a year, very comfortable with their lifestyle, and not really having the drive or ambition to necessarily take it to the next level. Potentially because not sure how to do it, but maybe just that isn't in their DNA. That's not in their nature to to push it up to the next level. There is a tendency for us to think you have to continue to grow, but I think a lot of ODs are very content at where they sit. It's the ones that are not content and that really want to take it to the next level and just don't know how to push it up there where we can actually come in and give them some direction. Let me ask as a follow-up to something you said earlier, and that is that you made a list of things that you could delegate and the essentials that you had to be in control of because of your responsibilities as a doctor. Did you make that transition, and what was the effect of that? I did make that transition, but it wasn't overnight. It took years for me to get to the point where I was really comfortable with letting go of a lot of things in my practice. And today, I do more than just look inside eyeballs and sign charts, of course. There are many other things that I probably could delegate, but there are some things that I just enjoy doing, And so I keep those to myself. But the things that I really didn't enjoy doing or the things that I felt like were preventing me from using my time for other things, I spent time just getting over the fact that those were no longer responsibilities that I needed to deal with and giving other people the opportunity to step up to the plate and be successful. And that does a couple things for your practice. And one important thing that it does is it creates better leaders in your organization. When I'm allowed to hand over to my chief operating officer all of the financial aspects of my practice, including writing checks and in some cases signing checks if necessary, that might seem like a foreign thing to do, but what it does is it frees me up to do other things because if I have the trust and confidence that he knows how to do that, then I'm comfortable in relinquishing those responsibilities and I can focus on other things like talk to you. Great, (laughs) and we appreciate that. That brings to mind something that some doctors have said, that they, in making this transition or growing the practice, don't want the practice to be about them. Now, we're sitting here in Envision Optometry. That's the brand, and that's been the brand for some time. It has your name on the door along with your associates, but it's not Dr. Michael Kling's practice. Is that part of the delegation and the stepping back and the planning and the professional management also, that you want your patients to think of you, but think of of the identity of the practice first? You know, years ago, I really had a vision for what I wanted to be, how I wanted to be involved in the practice. And 
it was important to me that the practice wasn't just about me because I knew I wanted to be able to, to peel myself away if it became time to sell the practice or if I just wanted to not be in the practice. And so when we were exploring names to call the practice, it was important to me that it wasn't Kling Vision Center or Kling Vision Institute because that would tie my name in to the practice where I really wanted to be able to remove myself. We have five associates, associate doctors, and everyone practices under the Envision banner. And our goal and our strategy is to create the Envision experience regardless of who the doctor is. And that gives us the ability to plug in and unplug associates as we need to as they might move on as, a, as doctors might retire. And that gives me the ability to not have to be here to do all the patient care delivery. How has that played out as you uh, transition into, oh, you're, can I say, your 50s in age and you want to do some different things, be involved in uh, associations and profession perhaps more than and other things? Has that been part of a, a larger plan? What's your sense of satisfaction from that? Yeah, it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. My office staff, my call center, constantly struggles with filling up my associate schedules with my patients. And it's understandable we get attracted to our providers. And and so it's been somewhat difficult for some of my long-term patients to peel away from the relationship. But generally what happens is if we can get them on board with an associate one time, then after that it's easy. And I think what they realize is that the experience is essentially the same. The provider might be different, but just like the example of going into a Starbucks and getting a latte, you don't really care who makes it. As long as the latte is very consistent, that's the goal that we try to achieve. Now, many people are just very much attached, and so I'm still in the practice two days a week, and we have no trouble filling up my schedule when we do struggle with some of our younger associates in some capacity. So I understand that there's that human connection that's sometimes difficult to break, but we try our best to to set it up that way. So as a wrap-up to this, managing like a professional, the level of efficiency and profitability we're talking about also, and satisfaction, personal satisfaction. How's that been as a transition for you? Is it difficult to let go of some things, but in the end? Yeah, we just moved into our new building about two years ago. We're coming up on our two-year anniversary, and I'm just now finding that I can sit back and relax and enjoy some of the fruits of the labor that we've put into this. I've seen patients a couple days a week, and the rest of my week I get to hang out with my staff and manage the practice and do some consulting, and I finally felt like I've come to a very comfortable place, a place that really I wanted to be 10 years ago, but just because of some timing issues with the build-out of our new facility, it just took us a little bit longer to get here. But I have to tell you that I'm in a place right now where I'm very comfortable and very happy that I can do other things, and what's most rewarding to me is the fact that I can get out and share some of the things that I've learned with other doctors because there have been so many people that have been so impactful to me to get me where I am today. Really where I see my future is being able to share some of the things that I've learned with other up-and-coming providers. Excellent outcome, then. (laughs) Okay, we want to thank Dr. Michael Kling of Envision Optometry in San Diego for contributing to this podcast series, Manage Your Practice Like a Professional. We thank our sponsor, GPN Technologies, the creator of EdgePro. Having EdgePro means your data is always up to date and available on any device. All the information you need to run your practice like a pro is always at your fingertips so you can focus on making the critical decisions that will grow your practice revenue. Let EdgePro help you run your practice like a CEO. 
To learn more about EdgePro, visit www.edgeprosoftware.com.